yes, it's powerful and sophisticated, but it's not infallible. It's space happy. It thinks I'm its mother. Mom? Welcome to the Late Night Fright Horror and Sci-Fi Movie Podcast. I am Dan. And I am Faith. Tonight, we're going to boldly go. We're going to boldly go to a brave new vision of the future that is only 43 years old. (laughs) (laughs) We have a movie tonight that we had not planned on doing, but the powers that be at Paramount Plus decided to drop a special 4K director's edition of this movie on us. I feel like we're better people having watched it. I think so. Faith, what are we talking about tonight? We are talking about Star Trek, the motion picture. The motion picture. You know, William Shatner, in his book, Star Trek Movie Memories, called this the emotionless picture. Well, okay. Funny guy, William Shatner. (laughs) He's in this movie. Really? I had no idea. (laughs) Imagine that. Star Trek, the motion picture, premiered on December 7th, 1979. Now... This is the fourth cut of this movie. There was a 1982 longer TV cut that aired on ABC. On November 6, 2001, we got the Robert Wise Director's Edition. And just recently on April 5th, 2022, we got that special 4K Director's Edition Mm -hmm. with new effects. It's amazing. It really is. It's amazing. (laughs) All right. I am going to give a very, very brief synopsis of how we got... From Star Trek the TV show to Star Trek the movie. If you're interested in this, there's a lot of in-depth histories out there. Just go on the internet or read William Shatner's Star Trek movie memories, which I highly recommend. And also read its companion piece, uh, William Shatner's Star Trek TV memories. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. The the TV memories has a picture of him when he was in the TV show. Uh Uh Uh-huh. And the movie memories... Has a picture of him from when he was in the movies. Whoa. Different hair. Mind blown. Different hair. <laughs> yeah. I want to read these books. They're they're fabulous. They're they're absolutely wonderful. Because he talked to the people involved. So like Leonard Nimoy was interviewed, Nicholas Meyer, who did Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, Robert Wise, who directed tonight's movie, uh, was involved. So most of most of the cast was involved in it and behind the scenes people. So they're really, That's if cool. you like Star Trek, they're worth checking out. Okay. So 1966 to 1969, the Starship Enterprise sets out on its five-year mission. But what happens? It only goes three years. Mm -hmm. NBC canceled it. Stupid NBC. Yeah. In irony of ironies. Okay, so they canceled it because of, quote-unquote, low ratings, right? And this was before the modern-day Nielsen ratings, the way that they measure demographics, okay? It's kind of like in baseball, you have batting average and you have on-base percentage. Well, which one's the better metric? Well, actually, it's on-base percentage, okay? But actually, Star Trek was hitting the demographic numbers like nothing before it. So, like, the people that loved the show and that it was, you know, geared toward were mm-hmm. watching it in droves, but they thought, you know, it wasn't a rating success, so they so they cut it. We don't know what happened in the last two years. No. Yeah. There was a whole line of books that filled this in, but we really, we really don't know. So three years. So they're thinking, you know, we sunk all this money into this show because it was an expensive show to produce. And they said, well, we got to make some money back. So what did they do? Well, they put it in syndication and they put it in syndication like really cheaply. So it didn't cost the affiliates much to get the show. So they start running the show because they go, okay, here's an hour of programming that's not costing us an arm and a leg. We're going to put it on in the afternoons. Uh, that kind of thing. And what happens in the 70s? Star Trek just explodes, like more popular than ever, mm-hmm. more popular than when it was on TV. People are tuning in. My mother has told me, like she used to watch it uh, right after the news or before the news, whenever it was that it would come on, like eat dinner while watching Star Trek, okay? Mm-hmm. So Star Trek starts getting popular. 
What happens as a result of Star Trek's rising popularity? Well, the fan base grows and the fan base wants to get together with other fans because this is the days before the internet. Thus, the Star Trek convention is born. Okay? Mm-hmm. Okay? That's right. The mothership called the geeks <laughs> home. All right? And you gotta, how cool is that though? That back in the day, like for that to happen, you know, know. because Comic Con is such a big thing now. This is before Comic Con, I believe. Amazing. Okay, so that starts happening. I mean, like the actors go to this. You know, Shatner and Nimoy and Kelly, they all, you know, they they all go to this. Gene Roddenberry is supportive of this. So Star Trek's popularity is on the rise, right? And it's hashtag winning. So Roddenberry goes to Paramount and says, hey. You know, he lobbies them and he says, this is popular. We need to do something with this because he wasn't quite done with Star Trek yet. He had more stories to tell. Right. So originally it was going to be a television movie. They were going to do like like a two hour TV movie with Star Trek. And then that got shelled because they go, wait, why are we going to do a TV movie? Let's do another series. And back in the day, there were the three networks. There was ABC. There was NBC and CBS, and Paramount had the idea. They said, let's start a fourth network, and the flagship show on this network is going to be a new Star Trek series that was tentatively titled Star Trek Phase 2. So this thing got so far into production, like I think eight to ten scripts were written, sets were built, okay? Mm -hmm. Actors were cast, like this thing was going. This Mm -hmm. thing thing was getting ready to be... A thing. And then... Star Wars came out. (laughs) Star Wars came out, made all the money. Uh Paramount had a meeting. They said, what do we have that's kind of like Star Wars that we can make a whole lot of money off of? And some smart person in the room said, well, we own this property called Star Trek. Mm -hmm. Thus, the pilot episode (laughs) for Star Trek Phase 2 got turned into a two-hour feature-length film. So there you go. There you go. So <laughs> that is how that's how it happened. That's the story of how that's that's the, the short version of it. Elements of Star Trek phase two would find their way into Star Trek The Next Generation in 1987. In fact, the relationship between the characters of Captain Decker and Lieutenant Ilea in this movie uh, are very much like Riker and Troy and Star Trek The Next Generation. So you can see elements already there, okay? Mm-hmm. But um, so this movie had quite a bit, and this is, again, this is a very shortened version of this. This had quite a bit of production trouble, and a lot of the production trouble stemmed from Gene Roddenberry. So we're going to get to that in just a little bit. Let's talk about the particulars. As I said, this came out December 7th, 1979. It was directed by Robert Wise, one of the great filmmakers of our time. Are you ready for this list of credits? Here we go. We got The Body Snatcher from 1945. Do you know who was in that one? Boris Karloff. The Day the Earth Stood Still, science fiction masterpiece, 1951. Run Silent, Run Deep. That is a great submarine movie from 1958. And a little bit of fun trivia, that is a direct influence on one of the original Star Trek episodes, Balance of Terror. That's the one where they first encounter Romulans. You know, some people just know too much about Star Trek. They should go to the convention. (laughs) He is the director of 1961's version of West Side Story. He directed the 1963 horror classic The Haunting, 1965 horror classic The Sound of Music, And the 1971 sci-fi film, The Andromeda Strain, and Star Trek The Motion Picture was one of his last big, it was his last big production and kind of his last relevant film. As I said, this was produced by Gene Roddenberry. The story is by Alan Dean Foster from an original idea by Gene Roddenberry. And what that means is Gene Roddenberry said, here's my idea. Alan Dean Foster wrote a two-page treatment of it. His screenplay was by Harold Livingston. And Gene Roddenberry. So what happened was Gene Roddenberry didn't like Harold Livingston's script. Harold Livingston didn't like Gene Roddenberry's writing. And they kept rewriting each other. Like the actors were getting pages like right before they stepped in front of the camera kind of thing. And Robert Wise and Shatner's book said he had never experienced anything like this. So Gene Roddenberry uh, was who the hammer fell on with the studio. And he got kicked upstairs. So he had nothing to do with the sequels. Like 
then Star Trek The Next Generation was his baby. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, yeah, <laughs> there you go. The excellent music score is by Jerry Goldsmith, and I want to talk a little bit about that tonight. Okay, our cast, well, our, our usuals, our usuals our are usuals. here. We got William Shatner, Leonard Nimoy, DeForest Kelly, <laughs> James Duhon, George Takei, Walter Koenig, Nichelle Nichols, Majel Barrett, Percy Scambata, and Stephen Collins. That's the cast in this pretty good movie. I've never heard of any of these people. Never, no, none of them. <laughs> none of them. All right. Let's get right to it. Star Trek, the motion picture. Uh, Faith, what did you think? Uh, let's start with just the film in general, and then we'll get to the 4K, which is which is why we're doing this. I have always liked the film in general. I've seen it quite a few times, and and I've always liked it. It doesn't necessarily have some of the qualities of we talked about it earlier, the TV show, but it still feels like Star Trek. It's just your theatrical version, you know, of yeah. Star Trek, but I, I've always liked it. So we did Star Trek five, the final frontier uh, a few months ago on the show. And what happened was I realized that it's a long story, but uh, I, I didn't have copies of the movies. I, I've had them and, and long story, what had happened, we're not going to get into it, but <laughs> I ordered the Blu-rays of the films and I got the original theatrical cut of this. And so I had actually watched it like recently and I fell in love with it. And everything that you just said is correct about this movie. It's Star Trek and it's not Star Trek, but it's right. Star Trek. So it's let's, Star Trek, the movie, you know? the movie. Yeah. Let's talk about what this movie does. Well, I like that. It opens up the world of the television series. I, I like too. that. And there's a, a real sense of grandeur and spectacle with this movie mm-hmm. that's not present in the television series. And everything is bigger. Mm-hmm. You know, it feels like, I know this might sound counterintuitive, it feels like a feature film. Right. The universe feels bigger. And it, it feels you know, The bigger. Star Trek universe. Yeah. And I feel like you feel like you're actually going on a journey with them. Yes. Instead of it being yes. broken down into like, here's what's going on. They're telling you. You feel like you're really. Instead of episodic television, it feels yeah, like a, a feature you film. You really feel like you're yeah. there with them learning what's going on. And what I like about it is the this is at a time before computer generated graphics and, and before, you know, uh, digital trickery and whatnot. Uh the scope of the movie feels big at a time when you did something like this and you had to make it bigger, Mm -hmm. literally had to make it bigger. Like the enterprise feels bigger. Um, (laughs) Everything, everything is is grander, Mm -hmm. you know, what's amazing about it is, uh, and you have to give the production team a lot of credit on this while it feels bigger, looks bigger, you know, um, there you go. It still feels like, Star Trek, it still feels like that's the ship from the television series. Right. You know, and these are the characters from the television series. Although they're a little they're a little odd. They're a little off mm-hmm. at the beginning. And there's a reason, I think, for that. And we'll, we'll get into the kind of story implications here in a minute. But I I like the scope of it. I like the the aesthetics of it. I I like the way it looks. I I like that uh, the Enterprise itself is a character in this. Yes, um, it is. Just as much as the crew mm-hmm. is a character. I like the story. I like the mystery of the story. Mm-hmm. I like uh, the character relationships for the most part in this. Uh, and that's, that, to me, is my biggest kind of knock on this. Right. Is not, so one of, the, one of the perennial knocks on this for years has been the over-reliance on... Uh, special effects and yeah yeah it's pretty special effects heavy god the special effects are gorgeous though and i mean the special effects going back to the theatrical cut in 79 are absolutely gorgeous when Mm -hmm. they get into the v'ger cloud and and Mm -hmm. all that absolutely gorgeous and there's a sense of mystery and awe and wonder and there's a 2001 influence on this that you can feel very heavily and Mm -hmm. i'm fine with that um, but you are missing the warmth of the character interactions. And so what happens is, as the series goes on, you get more of the character interactions, but the scope maybe becomes a little less grand. Mm-hmm. You know, this is definitely the biggest movie of the bunch. Right. You know? And then it's kind of funny, though, that Star Trek V, which we did on the show, that uh, that 
is kind of lambasted, but it feels the most like the TV show. It does, you know. It does. So, <laughs> but there there are times this really does feel like the TV show, you know. And there's yeah. and there's a sense of 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 awe to this, and mm-hmm. and I and I like I like you nailed it. It, it the universe is expanding here, is. yeah, it, quite it feels a bit, that way. Uh-huh. and it still feels like it's part of the television mm-hmm. series. So, um, let's talk about the cast here. Uh, well, actually, no, we'll, we'll talk about the cast in relation to the story. Like, what is this about? What is this? What is this? What is this movie really, really about? And for me, it's about purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the V'ger, uh, V'ger, it's such a, it's such an interesting idea. V'ger. Now, uh, hardcore fans of Star Trek have dubbed this movie where Nomad has gone before. <laughs> and if you know your Trek, Nomad was a probe in the second season episode the changeling. Mm-hmm. We had a little clip of it right there at the beginning. <laughs> we watched the episode right before we hit record on this because I wanted us to kind of have that yes. in mind. And it's a really interesting AB comparison because mm-hmm. a lot of the story beats are the same. Yep. And you have that warmth and humor. You have the warmth in the in, show. In the yeah. TV show that you're kind of missing in the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so Anyway, it, it, it blows my mind that these characters didn't recognize that they had encountered this thing <laughs> sort of before. But Fijer is really interesting. So there's a cloud formation heading towards Earth. And at the center of this cloud is this thing. And it's generating all of this power, right? And Fijer is the thing at the center of this cloud. And Fijer wants to meet its creator. Fijer is having this very human desire to know its creator i think we all have those questions mm-hmm. those questions of existence and why are we here what are we doing here you know what is our purpose right what's the meaning of all this what is our purpose so viger you know that's reflected in this whole film kirk doesn't have isn't fulfilling his purpose kirk has gotten kicked upstairs he's an admiral and and he wants the command of the enterprise back <laughs> Spock has gone to Vulcan and has started to undergo the colon, colonar, as Bones calls it, colonier. <laughs> <laughs> the colonar discipline, which is uh, you know, going to shed the last of his emotions, you know. And, and this, to me, is amazing, is that there's like these, yeah, Vulcans kind of have a stick up their butt anyway. Yeah, and there's... <laughs> Uh, like a cult of Vulcans who have an even bigger stick up their butt. Right? And they're like, you know, no, no more, no emotions, no emotions. <laughs> right. So he's in effect kind of wanting to become a robot yeah. in a way, you know, and shed his human side. So he's having trouble, you know, reconciling his two halves, which has been a theme throughout the series. Oh, yeah. So in this consciousness from space is calling to him. And, uh, you know, and so that's, that's it. You know, so so there's 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 this kind of lack of purpose, and of course we have the great Leonard Bones McCoy who's there to comment on it all. Uh, he's so great. So <laughs> let's talk about the cast. Uh, one of the knocks on this movie, too, another perennial knock on on this film, outside of the special effects, is that the cast looks older here than they did in the TV show. Now, rightfully so, because it's ten years after the TV show yeah. aired, but. <laughs> I, I did the math, so it, let's see. So the show ends in 69 at the end of the third year of the voyage. So if it had continued 70, 71, that's year four. Mm-hmm. 71, 72, okay, that's year five. So then Kirk says that he's been in Starfleet operations for two and a half years. So what's that put us at? Let's see, 73, 74, 75, okay. So really, we're only about four years off from where where they should be age wise, you know, but without this movie and without that gripe against the movie, we don't get wrath of Khan, which addresses their ages and, and makes great use of their age. So, you know, it, it, everything works out, but, um, what do you think of Shatner here? I think Shatner is wonderful. I don't think this movie Star Trek doesn't work without Uh, William Shatner. I was going to argue that no Star Trek does not work without him. What is it about Shatner here? Because there's some moments I want to hit on with him, but uh, I know Go you're ahead. okay. It's moments where he's not even speaking, mm-hmm. and it's when they when they come over and they see the Enterprise mm-hmm. for the first time, and it's Shatner's reactions, and Shatner is the proxy for the audience at this point because that scene, which is another one that kind of gets knocked these days, like oh, it takes too long mm-hmm. for them, and I'm like, no, no, it doesn't, because you got to put yourself back in 1979. They've waited. 
the fans have waited 10 years for this. And this is the first time they're really seeing the enterprise Mm -hmm. and they milk that. And I, I got emotional watching it. And a lot of it has to do with his reactions to the ship. Right. And you have to remember he's reacting to nothing. You know, he's, he's just looking at a tennis ball or something, but (laughs) man, does he sell that? Right. Well, that's what I was going to say about him. I feel like I've said it about, you know, people, mostly men from older horror films we've done, how he just has so much presence when he's on screen. Like it's just, he just, he's on the screen and you can't help but to look at him. And there's a, there's a, there's a heaviness to him in this movie mm-hmm. uh, that has to do with where the character is in his life. And yeah. he, he perfectly conveys that on the screen. Mm-hmm. And, he feels a little different than he does in the TV show and rightfully so, but that's about, that's what his, that's his arc in the well, movie yeah. is he's getting that command back and, and it's kind of how Jim Kirk got his groove back in, in a lot of ways. And, um, so much of this movie is told through his eyes and it's, and it's really, really one. It's, it's a good performance. I, I don't think it's his best performance in the, in the film series. I, th- I still think that's in two. Mm-hmm. Because that's a that's a wonderful performance. Uh, but, oh, yeah. but he's so good here. He's always just so good. Yeah. Yeah. He he he's excellent. And uh Nimoy as well is really wonderful. Now he didn't want to come back for this. He he had a contract dispute with Paramount. They got that settled. And then so they get it settled just in time for him to come back and do this movie. And he had just a horrible time because of the production problems and the writing problems and, and, and all this. And well, I could understand. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And but the Spock arc is interesting, too. You know, mm-hmm. um, I do feel that the trio of Kirk, Spock and McCoy kind of gets a little lost it in does. this one. It does. You know, a little lost. I feel like D. Kelly. Uh, walks under the bridge a lot and walks off the bridge mm-hmm. quite a bit. But boy, he has some great moments in this movie as well. And apparently Dr. McCoy in retirement uh, just wants to grow a beard and wear a disco medallion. <laughs> apparently that, so. that's, that, that appears to be his retirement. And let me tell you something. When it comes time for me to retire, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm doing. I'm going to wear a one-piece jumpsuit just like Elvis oh, in the Bee Gees. God. And I'm, I'm going to grow a beard. And I'm going to wear that big medallion with my chest hair just, just hanging out just like uh, Leonard McCoy. That's what I'm going to do. And Faith, why is it anytime we encounter an object that we don't know what, what it is, we call it a thing? I don't know. That's a great line. He's got some great lines in this. I wish we had more of him. We needed more of his humor, the we humor did. that he brings to to these proceedings. And we watched the change. We watched the television. Yeah, we yeah. watched the TV, and I feel like he was so present in it. Yeah. In, this, in the movie, he's kind of just... And it's so there. great in the changeling, like the nomad slash V'ger character comes aboard, and he's yelling at it. You know, he's like pissed at it, you know, for being a machine. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah, I feel like that's missing in the movie. I feel like that's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely definitely missing. But it's another great example though, and this is something that the TV show did so well, of Kirk versus the machine. You know, and Kirk mm-hmm. and Kirk goes on, uh, you know, to do battle with the machine here. Not not quite as hardcore as like in the Changeling or something like that. But um, Viger Viger is a very interesting character. I love what they did because the Voyager probe had actually been launched, and so they they were using like you know, uh, uh, current events at the time. Right. Yeah. And I think it's such a clever idea oh, and it it's is. so clever, you know? And, uh, I love the fact that the perfect machine is imperfect because it says its name is V'ger. <laughs> you know, it doesn't, it, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of one of those neat little, uh, neat little things there. But, uh, what did you think of the mystery? Because I think the mystery really, really works. Oh, I love the mystery. I feel like that ties into what I was talking about with like, you're going on that journey with them because there's just like this mystery that you're kind of exploring along with them. You know, you're, yeah. you're going along with them and figuring it out. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the rest of the cast is wonderful. Oh, God, and yeah. Everybody has a little moment. You know, mm-hmm. everybody has uh, Percy's Kambata. I really enjoyed her as mm-hmm. Aaliyah. She's a uh, she had a very unique presence. She passed away in 1998. I believe she was uh, a Miss India in the Miss Universe pageant. And uh, she brings a, a very unique presence and kind of gives mm-hmm, this, this movie a very uh, mysterious alien feel mm-hmm. with her bald head, you know. And she looks gorgeous with the bald head and, and I think gives a very good performance in mm-hmm. this movie and, yeah. and adds to, the, to that 
to that mysterious element. Yeah, that oh, is, I think that so is for this sure. movie. So before we talk about my favorite element of the film, let's talk about the 4K director's cut that is available right now on Paramount we Plus. Have to. And uh, it's available exclusively as of this recording on Paramount Plus. And in September of 2022, it will be available for purchase and digital download and all that other good stuff. Um, what do you think of the enhanced 4K director's cut? It's kind of jaw dropping. I was uh, my jaw was I literally there were I she she'll tell you I would I was excited. I I was like a kid. You I, were like you were a kid in a candy store. I was like that's new. That's new. It's that's new. new. Look at it. Oh my god. Look oh my god. Uh I was blown away. So one thing they did uh the director's cut had uh Starfield over the overture and I can't wait to talk about the overture. This is one of the last movies if not the last movie to have an overture. You know, it used to be uh, standard back, uh, with films, and, mm-hmm. and uh, this is the last one. What would you expect from the guy who did West Side Story, right? <laughs> so, Jerry Goldsmith. We're about to get to, I want to talk about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the star of this movie for me. But, um, so it has a it has star field, and the star's moving really fast. Well, they slowed that down. They fixed the the graphics, and... Uh, the the effects, uh, especially the cloud effects, have real weight and texture to mm-hmm. them. Uh, the when when Kirk goes into San Francisco into Starfleet, they've redone that. That looks it just gorgeous. So gorgeous. Um, the the V'ger stuff though inside uh, is 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 great. What what I love about the effects is the new effects don't stick out. From the 79 effects. Mm-hmm. They, they feel very blended yeah. with it. I never felt like I went, oh, that's computer generated. It feels right. very, it feels like a part of, of the whole. Now, Robert Wise didn't get time to cut the movie how he wanted back in the day because everything was so rushed because of the production problems and the delays and then the special effects. And they basically released a rough cut, which is why some of the pacing was off in the theatrical cut. And it's been fixed here. And so the director's cut, if you've seen that from 2001, that is the cut of the movie and it's got some enhanced effects. And I feel like it's even tighter, you know, mm-hmm. it's, 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 um, um, one of my problems with the movie, I feel it does drag just a little bit in the middle when they get into the cloud just and it's okay bit. because they, the, those effects are really pretty to look at and they've even trimmed that down a little bit and, one thing I will say this movie does a great job of is giving you a sense of scale and scope. Like you mm-hmm. see a person and you see it in relation to the Enterprise. Yeah. And then you see the Enterprise going to the cloud. And so you know how big the Enterprise is. And when you see it dwarfed in this thing, it's like, wow. I know. You know? <laughs> so the effects for the from the theatrical cut still hold up. The effects uh, today just enhance this i think oh yeah it's it's wonderful ways gorgeous movie. it is a gorgeous movie we were we just kept commenting just like wow yeah you know just just what an experience it is to watch this movie yeah i know and let me say this one thing i'm really glad that they didn't do they didn't take out the those beautiful models Mm -hmm. they left the models in they didn't make them cg you know it was uh it was the model work from back in the day. So you see that beautiful ship just soar. Mm-hmm. And man, does it look gorgeous. It does. <laughs> and the uh, the 4K, just it, it, the, the pop and clarity of that, I the know, definition is amazing. amazing. And you know, a lot of times with movies this old, you can lose some of the luster. And I feel like it only enhanced it, you know, exactly. because you can see the strings in a way. No, not here. Yeah. Not here. It looks, it looks great. It does. It looks like a new movie. It really does. Yeah, it it really does. <laughs> and it feels it feels very relevant. It feels very fresh mm-hmm. too. It does. You know? Um not my favorite in the series, no. but but definitely I don't really have a least favorite. I like them all. I, I think of the Star Trek movie series, it's kinda like the Beatles albums. Like they're all kind of a little different, you know? It's mm-hmm. kinda like what mood are you in yeah. that day? You know? You yeah, you don't necessarily I, I think it's a great series. Yeah. It's a oh, wonderful yeah, series I think of so movies. You know, and um my biggest complaint with this movie would be that it lacks the warmth mm-hmm. of the television series. Mm-hmm. And they would make up for that moving forward. 
but maybe they wouldn't we wouldn't have gotten the great movies that followed if this hadn't been what it was so you kind of have to take yeah. the good with the bad i don't think this is a bad movie at all no i, I don't, actually think I, it's I a don't very think it interesting movie at the end of the day it asks some really big questions and asks questions that that we're all asking you mm-hmm. know what is our purpose here mm-hmm. is there a god you know yeah. is there a god yeah yeah is god imperfect you know like humans are with you know right really interesting movie yeah, it has yeah, some great I, thematic stuff. I'm a yeah, fan. I am too. I am too. You know what I'm most a fan of? What's the that? score by Jerry Goldsmith. Oh, Man, absolutely. This thing. Okay. So Jerry Goldsmith, John Williams and Jerry Goldsmith are my 1A and 1A of, of, of composers. <laughs> uh, Jerry Goldsmith is just fabulous. Mm-hmm. The Omen, mm-hmm. Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. He worked with Robert Wise on the Sand Pebbles, and there's a funny story. They asked Robert Wise when he had been hired, and that was a big deal that they hired Robert Wise because this is an Academy Award winner, okay, going to do Star Trek. And I think it's really cool that he wasn't as intimately familiar with the show as you know maybe somebody else was. So he, he came in with a fresh take on it. And they asked him, they said, uh, we're, we're getting Jerry Goldsmith to do the music. Are you okay with that? And he said, oh, hell yeah. He's fabulous because he'd worked with him on the Sand Pebbles and film he had done back in 1966. How could you not be okay with that? Though? How could you not be okay with it? Jerry Goldsmith, um, man, this this guy just uh, was a dramatist of the highest order because that's what a film composer is. He's a dramatist. He's a storyteller. Mm-hmm. And the music that he composed for this, I listen to this score regularly. This is one of my favorite scores for any film. You know what's the most impressive thing about it? It doesn't sound like Star Wars. Right. <laughs> you know, like it'd be real easy if they had tried to do the Star Wars. It doesn't sound like Star Wars. It's it's its own thing. It's its own thing and it's and it's distinctly Goldsmithian. Yeah. You know, like like the elements of a great Jerry Goldsmith score are there, these themes and and, and just repeat, you know, repeat, you know, and and these in these beautifully crafted pieces of melody and melody and mystery you Mm -hmm. know and he did the score for basic instinct you know and you can hear shades of what he would use in basic instinct when they get into the cloud Mm -hmm. and the the v'ger theme is really gorgeous jerry had this ability to employ whatever was new at the time so there's synthesizers in the Mm -hmm. score along with the orchestra and they also invented I forget what the instrument is called, but it was literally like a power cable and they would take like a mallet and they would hit it and it would give it that dong that's sound so that cool. you hear that otherworldly thing that's like this one note for, yeah. for V'ger. And I remember as a kid, when I would get up around a piano, I would find the lowest note and I would hit that note and I would, <laughs> I would always like think of V'ger, you know. V'ger note. <laughs> the V'ger. <laughs> that's the V'ger note, yeah. No, what I love about the score, I love when a score can become a character. Of the movie. Yeah. You know, and that's and it what really it is, is here. Isn't it? And I just love it really that. Is. I think this movie contains one of the greatest film score cues of all time, and it's called The Enterprise on the soundtrack. And it's the music that plays when Scotty shuttles Kirk over to the Enterprise and when they get over there. And just it is bliss. Mm-hmm. It is amazing. That main theme that he wrote for this, the Aaliyah's theme that is the overture is gorgeous the main theme is amazing and they would use that on Star Trek The Next Generation and then he brought it back for Star Trek 5 it has that sense of adventure and big tall ships and it serves as the theme for Kirk and the Enterprise Mm -hmm. yeah and then Spock has his little theme and uh, by the way the Vulcan stuff is great and uh, oh, one of the things, one of the things is really funny that they fixed because in the original theatrical cut, Vulcan had a moon, and there's, I mean, there's a very famous scene in Star Trek where, uh, which episode, Corbin might maneuver. Um, some Star Trek fan told me that. I didn't know that. I, I had not <laughs> uh, sure, but uh, sure. I think it's Corbin might maneuver where Spock famously says that Vulcan has no moons, and in the motion picture, there's a moon, <laughs> and so they took that out and they they redid Vulcan, and it just looks absolutely. Gorgeous, it but does. but there's that real mysterious logic theme, uh, as they call it, and uh, the Klingons have a theme. Man, you get to see the Klingons for mm-hmm. the first time, like in 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 their full glory, right? Yes. And uh, the captain of the Klingon cruiser is played by Mark Leonard, who played Spock's dad in 
Journey to Babel. He's also in the uh, Balance of Terror episode that I mentioned that's based on Run Silent, Run Deep. So that's that's a nice kind of kind of circular motion there. Mm-hmm. And uh, but the the Klingon motif is 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 wonderful. The 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 music that plays it's a it's a reiteration of the main theme when Kurt goes in the Starfleet is just absolutely gorgeous. The floating office music like you know, this little ballet in space, like 2001, there's so much good stuff on this soundtrack. And then when they get into V'ger is just absolutely gorgeous. Oh, you know, know, just, uh, the cusp of mystery and imagination as they just fly through this place. So Jerry did a really great job. I think he was nominated for an Oscar for this well, and, and rightfully so, yeah, exactly. rightfully so. What a, what a beautiful, beautiful score. It is. And it is. And Jerry, saves the movie because without that score you know with those passages where you're just looking at special effects Mm -hmm. this thing wouldn't work this thing wouldn't work and the other person that saved the movie is robert wise i was reading he 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 never got mad he never got mad and all of the actors said that that this movie turned out as well as it did because of him and his professionalism and said he was a joy every day to work with despite all the problems he was able to keep those problems away from them and let them go in and do do their mm-hmm. their their thing so um yeah, well it, it's a really it's a neat film it's a neat throwback to a time when you know big big movies had to be big and i think that this 4k special edition is lovingly done and doesn't feel like a cash grab you know no. it, it's uh i think it's done it's coming from a real place it feels mm-hmm. like it was done you know by fans for the fans exactly and uh I enjoyed it. I really, I really enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed too. it. What did you think of the changeling? Because we did watch the changeling right before and um, a lot of the same beats, right? Yeah. No, I love it. I, I like it because it does remind me of the movie and I like it because you have that. It is the TV show. So it feels like the TV show. Right. When you're watching it, you have, you know. Like you said, the warmth of there the characters. There was so much, though. You could see the beats. I mean, you, you could because Spock does a mind <laughs> mill with Nomad. Spock does a mind mill with V'ger. Uh, he wants to wants to purge the uh, Enterprise of the carbon units. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it's going to go to Earth and purge the Earth of the carbon units because they're meaningless. Say it's yeah. These characters just they they didn't put it together that they had seen something. Yeah like this before <laughs> so real quick uh fun trivia uh i i'm not a huge fan of anything past uh, the original series i i've enjoyed episodes of the next generation i've enjoyed episodes of each series uh, it's just that i'm i'm an original series guy and i think everybody has their star trek show but one of the most famous villains from star trek the next generation is of course the borg and the borg have kind of yeah they're pop culture now right i mean they've been around 30 some odd years resistance is futile and I think we have had confirmation that the machine planet that V'ger ended up on is is a Borg planet. So so okay. it kind of does tie yeah. tie in. So right. this is really cool. It's a cool movie. It is. I like this movie. Everything about Star Trek is just cool. Yeah, and we <laughs> like I said, we really had no designs on doing this movie. It just it, we saw like a few days they announced like, hey, it's going to be on Paramount Plus, and we said let's watch it, and then we watched and said let's do it. Yeah, let's do it on let's the do uh, it. Let's do it on the show. So uh, I had a lot of fun watching it. It was it was great fun watching it with you too. Mm-hmm. It was because it, it was one of those uh, experiences where I know this movie so well, you know, and seeing the differences and, and talking right. about them was was a lot of fun and spotting them. Mm-hmm. So it was, was it was good, good fun. I love good it. Fun. So a few weeks ago, we had a special guest news announcer. Uh oh. So uh, for all you geeks out there that that know the Star Trek series, I I personally I don't, I don't. I'm just learning this stuff. Sure. I'm just learning this stuff. I'm learning <laughs> just like you are out there. Uh, there's an episode called The Enemy Within, and there's a transporter accident. Captain Kirk gets split in two. There's a good Kirk and a bad Kirk. We were we scored bad Kirk. Mm-hmm. Bad Kirk was gonna do the news for us that night. Right. He's going to give us all the intergalactic news from the Federation and Klingons and Romulans and, and whatnot. And, and he, he was, he was a little iffy. Do we have him here tonight? Oh yeah. Yeah. We got him back. We got him back. 
And he actually contacted us because he he felt bad about okay. what had happened because he said he was having a behavior at uh, the moment. Okay. Yeah, an identity <laughs> crisis. Remember, remember, he was like screaming like I'm Captain Kirk, I'm Captain Kirk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what I think we need to do is we need to check in with him because it's it's time for a news break. It's time for a oh, news break. Boy. We're going to check in with him. You ready? I, I think ready? so. Okay, let's get him on the phone. Here we go. Okay. Here we go. We're going we're gonna to dial it up. See if we can get him. It's ringing. I hear that. Right. Hope he's there. Hope he's doing okay too. Hey. Yeah. Oh no. It looks like we found him right where we uh, left him. <laughs> right where we left him. Let's hope this one turns out okay. All right. Well, this is a news break. Maybe. I am Dan, and, I am and we will see you on the other side. Welcome back to the Late Night Fright Horror and Sci-Fi Movie Podcast. I am Dan. And I am Faith. A little funk. Never hurt anybody. Never. Uh, a, little, a little laid back, late night funk. Maybe it'll help Captain Kirk, you know? He needs some kind of help. Yeah, he maybe, does. Maybe he needs CBD oil. <laughs> maybe so. CBD oil. Oh, he needs something. That's been a game changer for me, man. CBD oil. I don't know if you're like me. You know, things can get a little, little wonky sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, you get you get overwhelmed uh, mm-hmm. through no fault of your own. You know, you might be highly sensitive, like somebody that's you know hosting the show right now, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, it's great. Natural helps take the edge off, and and for me, it's not so much uh, you know wanting to not feel anything. It's just wanting to be able to deal with what I'm feeling in right. a healthy way, and it's great. Been, yeah, I need, I, need to, I need to go get some. I've, uh, I, I had tried it off and on uh, and have been really sticking with it for about six, seven weeks now, something like that. And, and it's been been really good. I feel feel like feel like me. Yeah. Good. So, good. Maybe maybe Captain Kirk can try that. Maybe so. <laughs> maybe so. It's so funny. Speaking of uh, CBD oil, uh, Faith and I are both baseball fans if you've listened to the show for any length of time you've heard us talk about baseball we just did an episode on field of dreams baseball season is is now upon us at the time of this recording and uh, we both just just love the game absolutely adore the game and and when i walk in the morning i do five miles every morning and i listen to a podcast and i listen to since it's in season now i listen to you know shows about baseball and Faith and I are both fans of the Colorado Rockies. Uh, we recently kind of discovered yeah, this, like this fandom <laughs> as of, yeah, and uh, just absolutely uh, have fallen in love with the team. And if you're, if you're a sports fan and you're not checking them out, it, they're, they're, they're just fun. They're, they're, they're fun. And yeah, we discovered them after, you know, we went, watched nine hours of baseball the other day. Yeah, it was nine hours, <laughs> nine hours of baseball. 
And uh, it's funny. I started listening to this uh, Rockies podcast, and and they're doing advertisements in the middle for like, you know, all the medicinal marijuana places in in oh, Colorado. You know, it's just so funny. <laughs> it's it's so funny. Like they're like this one product. Like you can turn anything into an edible. <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh my goodness! It's it it made me giggle this morning. That's it it funny. really really did. So. Uh, <laughs> So you could turn anything into an edible. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. I, I know some guys. I know some guys who who need this information. <laughs> Apparently, evil Captain Kirk needs this information I think too. He does. <laughs> so, Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Like I said, it is available now on Paramount Plus exclusively. Uh, that's here in the states. I don't know internationally, but uh, I know it'll be out September. Uh, everywhere for digital download and purchase, and it's it's really it's really worth your time if you haven't uh, seen the movie in a while, mm-hmm. or uh, if you if you've never seen the movie, seen this this is the version to watch. It uh yeah. it, it 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 didn't disappoint at all. Okay. I was I was a little worried about it because you know you you go into recuts sometimes, directors editions and all this, and it's. Yeah, what you love about the movie isn't there, you know, mm-hmm. and the rhythm's a little weird, but this right. this 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 felt right. Yeah, this was fine. This felt right. So. It's totally fine. Totally, totally, totally fine. Totally fine. So just like you, Faith. <laughs> just oh, like yes. you. Well, we certainly do thank you all for tuning in and we hope that you're doing well. If you'd like to contact us, you can do that at late night fright podcast at gmail.com we would love to hear from each and every one of you and let us know how you're doing and we really do we hope that you're doing well out there you know things are things are a little crazy but uh we know that you're you're all dealing with it the best that you can just like we are here and uh, we're all in this together never forget that so uh, like i said feel free to reach out to us at late night fright podcast at gmail.com if you want to talk about any of the movies that we've done, if you'd like to suggest a movie, if you'd like to comment on uh, on a movie that we've done, or if you just want to chat, that's that's great too. So it'd be great to hear from each and every one of you, but we sure do hope that you're doing well and that you're happy and healthy and, uh, you know, you know getting, getting after it out there. So boldly going, boldly going. Go. Yeah. <laughs> and we hope that if you're on a five-year mission that you make it all five years, yes. especially if you're on network television. Is that even a thing anymore? Is network television a thing? I don't even know. I, it, it, the, the paradigm has shifted so much recently. I, yeah. I feel like it's best if I just take three steps back and just let let it happen, mm-hmm. you know, and then and see where we're at with it. Mm-hmm. Because, I don't know, streaming seems to be all the rage now and binging and all this Uh didn't binge binging make it into the dictionary recently? I think so. I think it, yeah, I think it's like a new thing. Like because we're not consuming enough mass quantities. Like we, you know, now we have to be mass consuming television uh, right. too. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, I'm not complaining. I mean, there are some great things out there, right? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, if if winning time on HBO Max dropped its whole season at we once, keep, we'd be we keep, binging it. We keep talking about winning time, don't we? Yes. I'm, we, I love the show. I'm just disappointed I'm having to wait a week to watch right. the next episode. Faith and I have a standing uh, dinner and winning time every Sunday. It's amazing. If you haven't if you haven't checked it out, you really need to. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're a sports fan or not. It really doesn't matter because no. Faith doesn't know the history of, of what we're seeing and is, and is completely in on it. So um, it's not too late. You know, or or wait a few weeks because then you can just binge. Yeah, I would wait because I'm sitting here like, I yeah, need I think another, we got four episodes episode. left at the time of this recording. So that's been great. But uh, or binge the old Star Trek. I've I've been there. You go. I've been doing that. I've been very busy though recently with. Uh, uh, I I teach music lessons and that has been taking up a lot of my time with school, getting out and getting ready for summer and and all that. So I haven't had time to binge anything yeah except for revising bass lines so, <laughs> so that's it so all right well anything you want to add about star trek the motion picture i think that's I feel, it i feel really good about it um what's up next we have from 1992 we're going to be doing the robert zemeckis movie starring bruce willis meryl streep and goldie hawn are also in it or you know, mm-hmm. whatever 
whatever. <laughs> but Bruce Willis is in it. He's he's been in the news recently, and uh, he seems to be doing all right, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we hope that he is continuing to do all right, and uh, we thought it'd be fun to do a funny horror comedy that he's in, Death Becomes Her. So this should be a lot of fun. And after that, uh, you have one that's coming up. Yeah, I think I'm. I think I want us to do Lights Out. Lights Out that's from 2016. Yeah, it's I been on my list for a while. So. And as soon as the new Nicolas Cage movie drops, uh, what is that? The Incredible Weight of Extraordinary Talent. Yes, the yeah. 22nd. We're going to be doing that one too. So that's going to be sooner rather than later. So I'm well, ready. Feels like it's time for us to boldly go, doesn't it? It does. It does. It did. Should we check in on Captain Kirk one more time? I don't think so. Not just I don't, I don't think just so. one more time? Maybe next week? Maybe next week. Maybe next week? All right. I think he's still having a meltdown. Yeah, he needs he needs to get some rest. He needs a he needs a long vacation. <laughs> yes. Like maybe three days of observation followed by two weeks. Two weeks of rest. That would be good, right? Mm, he might need more. Yeah. He I don't might. Know. Yeah, well. Well, this is a movie about purpose. We hope that you're living your purpose out there because I can I am I am proof positive that when you start living your purpose, man, things get so much better. So so it's my sincerest wish for all of you out there and that you listen to all of our back catalog episodes. Yes. <laughs> so all right, Faith, I'm getting a little loopy. It feels like it's at time. Let's see. If we snap our fingers, can we make the magic happen? Let's see. On the count of three. One, two, three. Well, we boldly went. We sure did. We sure did. (laughs) Thank you all again for tuning in, and be sure to tune in next week for Death Becomes Her from Robert Zemeckis, starring the one and only Bruce Willis. I'm ready. I'm ready, too. Faith, take us home. May your coffin be cozy and your sarcophagus warm. May the light of the moon keep you safe from harm. Be you vampire, spook, specter, or beast. Always remember, keep Keep your your monster monster on on a leash. leash. We'll see you in the final frontier. Bye.